my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, we recapped the fifth annual No Gimmicks Podcast fantasy football draft that happened last night. Um, we discussed uh, California banning gas-powered cars and telling their citizens not to charge their electric cars. Great stuff there. Uh, we talked about Joe Biden's dementia-filled... Uh, hate-driven remarks um, from yesterday. Really bizarre stuff. Oh, some, some very racist stuff from the president as well. Uh, we'll get to all of that. Uh, before we get to Aaron, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at no, at no Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great. Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Been good. How about yourself, Brady? I've been fantastic. So before we get started, before we get started in the world of politics, the fifth annual No Gimmicks Fantasy Football Draft was last night. How are you feeling about your team, buddy? Pretty good, you know. I, I mean, obviously, it's um, a lot of Niner players because I'm a homer. But I, but you know, I, I know my team, and I like the players I got, and um, you know, I, I feel like I got some good depth and balance uh, on my team. Uh, I, obviously, the bench. I think all of our benches will look very different by the end of the year because that's just always how it goes with waiver wires and with waiver wire injuries and all that. So. But I feel good. It seems like all of our teams are pretty evenly matched. So, um, you know, I, I, I feel like it's going to be a fun competitive year. Yeah, man, all of our teams are super evenly matched, and that's usually not the case. <laughs> usually there's, like, yeah. runners and then some people at the bottom. And, like, you're definitely a homer. You're probably, like, the worst offender in our league of being <laughs> okay. a homer. But it wasn't, like – but you're also good at fantasy. So it wasn't – you weren't, like – drafting guys two rounds ahead of where you should you were just like if given the option and they were comparable you were going to take the Niners player which is like that's you know I think most people do that not just people that are homers but I mean you got Dante Adams you have Kyle Pitts and honestly you you kind of blew up my strategy because my my initial strategy was (laughs) to reach a little bit (laughs) for Lamar Jackson and uh Unfortunately for me, you picked one spot ahead of me, and you were thinking the exact same thing <laughs> at the exact same time. So, congrats, you got Lamar. Uh, that thank was you. Thank that you. was definitely a good pick. I I talked myself, and then I I was picking last because I won the league last year, and the winner picks last. So, uh, in a snake draft, so I had like the twelfth and thirteenth overall picks, right? So like whenever it was the whatever, fourth and fifth round when I was I wanted to take Lamar, I was going to take him, and then Adam Thielen. So I was like, shoot, Bandler got. Lamar. So I took Thielen and then I just, I think we have like 90 seconds to pick. And I was just like, I stared at Kyler Murray's name for 90, for 89 <laughs> seconds. And just like, I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Like just pick a late quarterback or just, 
I'm like, Kyler's really good. You know, he's a running quarterback. And like after like 89 and a half seconds, I convinced myself to pick him. So we'll see. I would have loved to have That's Lamar, nice. but, you know, okay. Kyler, you know. I mean, Kyler, Kyler's good, too. I, I mean, even without Hopkins for six games, I mean, he's still a – I mean, the main thing about the one, the one the main rules of fantasy is that running quarterbacks are how you win leagues. Right. And not that Kyler Murray's a run-first quarterback, but he is mobile. You know, he's got legs. Um, he's got a good arm, you know, that, 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 that SF could get, get you good amount of points every week. That's why I got Lamar too. This is because, you know, like obviously Lamar runs a lot. And so, you know, run, running QBs, man, that, that's, that's, that's the way to go in fantasy. Oh, I know, man. And like, I was so torn because I actually don't think like you watch more Kyler Murray because you're a Niners fan. So you, you watch more of those Western games, but like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Kyler Murray's good. <laughs> he's just good for fantasy, well, you know what I mean? Which is one of those things. Like, yeah. I don't think Jalen Hurts is good either. I think he's terrible, but he's, like, great for fantasy. Yeah. So it's like, and I just, like, I, it's always tough to try to, you have to talk yourself into that player that, like, you know isn't actually that good, but you know is going to have a good year for fantasy. And it just, like, feels yeah. weird because you're like, this is, it's going to blow up in my face, but it's like, you kind of got to just, like, you got to just pull the trigger, man. But it's yeah. tough. Every time it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Man, so uh, we got to talk about your home state of California. Um, they're really on one this week, buddy. First, uh, about a week ago, Gavin Newsom announced that California will ban gas-powered cars by 2035. Which, side note, good luck with that. I mean, like, that's not even There's no way. That's, There's yeah. no way. Not. But this morning, uh, California, <laughs> California power grid officials said that y'all should prepare for blackouts. All right, so enjoy that. They they said that you should uh you should uh you have to set your thermostat above 78 degrees. You should avoid using large appliances, and you should avoid charging electric vehicles. And that last part, Aaron, is just it's just too much, dude. Uh, it just really brings it all together. Like what a perfect explanation of who the Democrats are and what California has become, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, I, they they it's like they, it's like they, they want to turn back the clock to like you know. To, to, to the days where like we, we, we sit around in huts burning cow patties <laughs> you know it's 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 uh it, it's like any sort of like um any sort of technological prog- progress you just have to try and destroy because you know the environment or whatever um so and the sad thing is that a lot of californians are just gonna go along with this like sheep because they're just like oh we gotta do it for the environment um and they'll just, and they just won't complain you know, it mean, meanwhile, um, more people will leave, and the state will continue to vote Democrat. And people who do leave will vote Democrat in other states too. I mean, I mean that's what the conundrum here with, with, with the blue with, with like people who leave blue states is that like a lot of them leave the blue states because they vote for these very policies that drive them out, and vote for the same policies in other states and turn them blue too. Um, I don't really know how to solve that problem, but. I think it's just it's just gonna get worse as more people leave California. Um, maybe the yeah, idea I, I, by I, I, maybe the idea is just not let people leave if they can't have a gas powered car. <laughs> they're not allowed to charge their electric car. <laughs> it's hard, it's hard to wall. leave California, you know. <laughs> right. Um, the thing is, is that you know last year there like there was a recall effort against Newsom, Gavin Newsom. You know the vapid Kendall who runs who runs the state, and um, he. He was, uh, you know, he he survived it pretty overwhelmingly. So, you know, it's not he's not, he, and, and granted, I think I think he's up 
pre-election this coming November. He's not gonna, he's not gonna lose. He's he's, he's, he's gonna get, he, he's gonna get reelected easily again. Um, and here in LA, like we have, we have we have a mayoral race uh, with Karen Bass, who's who's crazy, um, is projected to win pretty easily as well. So it's kind of like. We're, it's 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 uh we're doomed here in California. Like we are actually doomed, and it might take the state collapsing to for things to actually change. Yeah, I mean, just everything's backwards, man. Everything's backwards out there, and just for we are nowhere. Just not even California. Just as a nation, we are nowhere close to being able to replace gas-powered cars with electric vehicles. I mean, no, our, no our way, power, dude. Our power grid fails here in Ohio. Um, you know, usually it's like the first weekend of the year, like late June, early July, when it gets over a hundred for like a few days at a time and everybody's cranking the AC it power go out in the whole city. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's that's Northwest Ohio, man. This isn't like a a hot weather climate. There's not very many people that drive electric vehicles here. I mean, it's like, I don't know, one out of a thousand, you know, cars are, are electric. Maybe, I mean, probably less than that. It's like, dude, the, these Democrats, these leftists that think you can just force everybody to buy an electric car. It's like, dude, that, that the, the power grid cannot sustain that. And we're not in, I mean, to, to I mean, to make electric vehicles sustainable, to actually power them, you would have to like quadruple the, the nuclear power in this country. And obviously the Democrats will never let that happen. So it's like these proposals, these EV proposals, they're not even, you could not do it. It's not that people don't want to do it. I mean, obviously I don't, I can't do it anyway. I need a, vehicle that'll pull a fishing boat i need a vehicle that can go you know six seven hundred miles without having to charge you know what I, mean? I take long trips all the time it's not even realistic for me but it's like even if it was yeah it's like we cannot charge a nation full of electric cars like we just do not have the power to do that so it's like i don't know i mean, I mean these it's just talking points it's just bluster until you get somebody like a Gavin Newsom. You get like psychopaths like you have in the California legislature who are actually going to do it. I mean, they're they're actually going to try to force people to do these things that are physically impossible. Yeah, and and and, and 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 they can just do it because there's just not enough opposition in the legislature to to stop them. You know, as the legislature is dominated by Democrats, so they they literally have carte blanche to whatever they want. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, California, what, hap- what happens in California doesn't stay in California. Like, it's normally, like, what, what happens here t- starts to metastasize to everywhere else in the country. So people need to pay attention to what happens in California and and fighting to make sure the same things doesn't happen in the rest of the country. Um, I mean, Gavin Newsom, I think, is, pro- is gunning for, for president of 24. I mean, how else do you explain him running ads in Florida? Against DeSantis, um, you know, because I don't think anybody expects Biden to actually run again in 2024. I think uh, if you just watch him speak, you, you think he will? Yeah, okay. I think he will. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he's just a sociopath, man. Biden. I mean, on his good days, he's a sociopath. On his bad days, he's right. You know, he's not with us at all. But I mean, I don't know. He he's. Are we going to talk about his bizarre speech? I guess he gave yesterday. Um, I mean, he's, he sounds like a man who's running again. He's, he sounds like a man who wants to hold on to as much power as he can. I mean, he keeps calling us fascists. He did it again yesterday. He said he's calling <laughs> yeah. us fascists. Um, he, he goes back and forth between calling us semi-fascists and normal fascists. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, but uh, 
Uh, he also said he's going to ban AR-15s. Um, in the same breath, he threatened to murder all of us and our families with fighter jets. Um, so that was nice. Uh, Mr. The, the Great Unifier, <laughs> Joe Biden. Um, and then he immediately I told... Feel all the unity. <laughs> yeah, you, I can really feel the unity, man. And, and then he told an, an extraordinarily racist, bizarre, Alzheimer's-fueled story about black lifeguards and how you can tell when guys are good at basketball because they're black and stuff like that. So, I mean, just like a bizarre roller coaster. Hazard reported ahead in a quarter mile. You're still oh on the fastest route. Sorry about that. I, they're coming I, for I, you, I, 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 I'm driving. They're, they're coming, coming for, for you, me. <laughs> so anyway, your thoughts on uh, the roller coaster presser yesterday with uh, the president of the United States? I mean, I mean, you basically said something for, for, for me right there. Uh, I, I mean, obviously he's not... He clearly is not with us, and um, you know it's it, it's. Uh, I mean, we just come to expect this from him now, right? Where it's like every day, oh, it's another Biden gaffe. Oh, he just he doesn't doesn't know what he's doing or what he's saying. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, the fact we've become accustomed to that now from from the president of the United States is 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 a really sad state of affairs. Um, and I, I mean, it's it, it's it, I, I I I I think that. His his family needs to needs to step in, and well, tell and tell him basically tell him that he needs to stop. Um, That'll never, I, that's I mean, never going to happen. Never that's going to never going to happen. Yeah, that's never because the Biden because the Biden family is too power hungry and corrupt to let go let go of power that quickly. Um, so 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 we know that there are people pulling the strings. You know, like like probably like like Jill Biden and some of and some of like Biden, and obviously Biden staff members. You know, they're the you know, they're the ones that are, that are really that are really running the show. Yeah, Biden also. Um, and I have to mention this. I know it's not one of the more important parts of this ridiculous speech, but I am a gun guy. You know, I, I enjoy firearms. I'm a I'm a big hunter, and the the anti gun propaganda. I mean, like. These people. Accident ahead. Four miles. Save four minutes via Santa Monica. Sorry, I, 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 I'm drive driving right now. There's no, always... no. See, I don't even have power windows and locks in my Jeep, man. I, I have to crank it manually. Oh wow. Okay. My my car doesn't talk to me at all. I wish it would sometimes on on these long drives. You know, I get lonely. But my car didn't say shit. It's, two, it's an 08. <laughs> but, oh, old anyway, school. I have to mention the anti-gun uh, propaganda. Biden said, "Quote." In a, a bullet from an AR-15 couldn't even come up with the you know what what bullet an AR-15 actually shoots. But yeah, uh, he said a bullet from an AR-15 flies five times faster than a bullet from any other gun, which is of course ridiculous. I mean that's absolutely ridiculous. I, I can give you just off the top of my head an incomplete list of center fire cartridges with higher velocity than 223 Remington and 556 NATO. I mean like 22 250 flies faster, 243 Winchester. Right. 224 Weatherby Magnum, 220 Swift, 68 Western, 300 Windbag, 204 Ruger, 17 Remington. I mean, like, in the world of, like, fast shooting calibers, 223 Remington is, like, right in the middle. It's comparable to, like, 30-06 Springfield and 308 Winchester, which are, like, extremely old, heavy bullets developed over 100 years ago. So it's, like... I don't know. I, mean, I guess Democrats don't know a gun from a dildo, so like I'm sure this kind of propaganda <laughs> is still effective in some circles. But it's like, yeah, the same tired old. You'd need an F-15 to take on the government, and it's like, my goodness. Like one, the Taliban beat the U.S. government with 
Toyota Tacomas and AK-47s. So, like, that's not true, by the way. I mean, my goodness. Google Vietnam. (laughs) But, like, my gosh. Like, the the anti-gun propaganda. Like, it's... I'm sure it's effective to, like, CNN's audience. But it is just... It's shameful. It is shameful. And, and, and I I mean, it seems like... The left always has these boogeymans, right? And, and and when it comes to guns, the AR-15 is the ultimate boogeyman. And it's clear they don't do their they don't do their research as to what AR-15 actually is or does. You know, as you just explained right there with the with the. I mean, the, the fact is is that the reason why I go to AR-15s is really because I want to take all all the guns because because that's where the second logic takes you. It, it because when you think about it, most murders in this country are committed by handguns. So. You know, so so it's like if if they, so if their logic is banning guns will lower crime, um, which is bad, which is horrible logic for for multiple reasons. Then the logic will take you to oh, we need to ban all handguns, and then that gets rid of all the guns in this, and that would effectively outlaw guns in this country, which is what they want because that's what the Second Amendment, first and foremost, is a bulwark against tyranny. It's to it's to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government. Um, that doesn't mean we're going uh, to – people tend to conflate that with overthrowing the government, w- which is completely dishonest and misleading because that's not what Second Amendment advocates want. It, it's, it's about protecting yourself. It's about protecting yourself. And the second that guns are gone, that's, that, that, that is when the, gov- that's when the government really becomes dictatorial and authoritarian. Um, and, and, that, and that's what it's all about, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or maybe Biden just hates black stuff. You know what I mean? Black lifeguards, black guns. I mean, AR-15s are black. Maybe it's just uh, maybe he's just more racist than we than we took him credit for. I, I suppose. I mean, the the press the last couple months has been desperately trying to craft this new narrative that like Biden's doing great. Everybody loves the Democrats. Like they're they're under this assumption that spending tons of money will make Democrats more popular. You know, like they're calling all these giant spending bills, like massive gains for the Democrats, you know, massive victories for the Democrats. I I just don't, I don't understand why that would be the case. I mean, inflation's going to crush the poor and middle class for several years at this point. Yeah. You know, it's it's not going to get better. I mean, the Democrats have spent so much that a soft landing is not going to happen. I mean, that's, that's just not possible anymore. And, and I mean, they, the, the media said that this extremely illegal unconstitutional executive order to steal another trillion dollars from the middle class and give it to, to you know, Taylor Lorenz and her friends uh, is going to make Joe Biden more popular for some reason. Uh, it turns out probably not. A new Reuters poll came out this morning, has Biden uh, 20 points underwater, uh, right where he was you know, in like May and June. Uh, this poll has him at 38 approved, 58 disapproved. Um, the, the strategy by horrible, right? horrible numbers, and it's like it, it, it shouldn't surprise anybody because the regime and, and their allies in the press, they're— they're legitimately, Aaron, their strategy has been to piss on our legs and tell us it's raining. You know what I mean? Like, that is, like, the official, <laughs> yeah. like, that's their electoral strategy for the midterms, and it's not working. It's not working. Right, because as you said, the infl- it's inflation that is crushing, excuse me, it's inflation that, that's, that's, that's crushing the poor in the middle class. That's who that's people are most concerned about. It, it, then it always comes down, you know, to to the wallet and the checkbook. And if you're talking to make ends meet, because inflation, that's going to be your number one concern. I think polls show that inflation is the highest concern for, for voters right now. Um, so I think that, that yeah, I, I, I mean, these so-called victories for Biden, 
or not victories. It's 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 media spin. Uh, it's 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 media slash Democrat spin. I mean, one and the same, really. But um, you know, but 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 that's why that's why Biden's polls are underwater because people know that this but he owns this. He he owns this. I, I, something Mitch Shapiro likes to say is that Biden really like walks into which should have been an easy presidency because when he became president, um, you know, the, the vaccines were, were, were coming out, you know, the, the economy was starting to get better because um, the lockdowns that killed the economy were starting to end. All he had to do was nothing, literally nothing. And he never had a successful presidency, but instead he couldn't help himself and, and, and pursued all the same radical policies Obama did. And now we have all of, you know, we have all what we have now, which is, you know, a bad economy, the, 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 the Taliban retaking Afghanistan, um, Russia on the move in Ukraine. And it's and that's why it's underwater is it's, 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 it's people are feeling the effects of, of the bad Biden policies. And if Republicans just focus on that, they're going to do OK in November. Um, it's like, it's like we, 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 we can't get distracted by shiny objects like Trump and the FBI right now, which isn't to say that that's, those things aren't important, but we have to keep our eye on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, all Biden had to do is not be evil, you know? I mean, he has complete yeah. cover from the media. The corporate press will cover for anything he does. All he has to do is just not call half the country fascists, threaten to kill us with fighter jets, you know, say that anybody who isn't vaccinated should be fired and cast out of polite society yes spend so much money that the poor and middle class are being just absolutely crushed by inflation i mean just don't like google's slogan right don't be evil all you have to do is just not be evil or just openly aggressively evil. and he couldn't do it he couldn't do it and you know we are seeing you know some good news in the polls in some of these state races and i think you know i think we can breathe easy on on the on the uh, House of Representatives, I don't see a scenario where Republicans don't flip the House. But, uh, I mean, it was looking bad, man, in some of these Senate races. Um, obviously, I've talked about a ton. We don't need to get into it too much more. But, like, you know, GOP voters picked awful candidates in the, in a lot of these statewide races. Yeah. Um, like, some of it, part of it's Trump's fault, you know, and just in doing no due diligence at all uh, in making the decision on, on who to endorse in some of these races. Um and it was looking really bad, but I, I do think we can pull this off. I think the GOP can pull it off. I, I mean, flipping the Senate. Uh, two consecutive polls this week have Herschel Walker up a point or two over uh, Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Um, Dr. Oz in PA is down, you know, four to five points consistently in, in the polls in the last week. And a couple weeks ago, we were looking at double digits. It looked like Oz was going to get stopped. Yeah. Um, Blake Masters, who's really struggled to, to raise money so far, is within, you know, six or seven points. In Arizona, it's still going to be an uphill struggle, but, you know, it's it's doable. J.D. Vance seems to be pulling away from Tim Ryan, thank goodness, here in Ohio. Um, so, I mean, the Senate's going to be tough, but it was looking bleak a couple weeks ago. Um, and it seems like, you know, obviously the, the Republicans are starting to spend some money now on ads, which is going to help. Uh, maybe it's, you know, people are seeing all the stuff that the Democrats are bragging about, all the spending, all, all the nonsense, and they're realizing, well, our lives are not getting any better. You know, like inflation's not getting any better. Um, you know, so it's, I, it's, it's always an uphill battle. We're, we're dealing with not only uh, candidates that are, are usually funded to the tune of two to one over our candidates, um, and we're, we're looking at the entire Democrat 
uh, propaganda regime. But I don't know. Every single one of these candidates, man, even the bad ones like Dr. Oz, are within striking distance. So I think uh, there's plenty of time. I think maybe friends of ours like uh, Jeremy Frankel and guys like that who are like always telling us, hey, you know, calm down. Everything's going to be fine. You know, maybe maybe those guys are right. Maybe they are right. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, I would feel better about it if, say, like, you know, 538 political reports starts saying, okay, it's seems like the Republicans win. Senate because you know they're right now they, they don't show they don't show that you know I think I think the 538 had the odds like what two thirds Democrats keep in the Senate or something I forget it now but yeah, but but yeah. but it was looking good if oh yeah so um I, I would feel better once um one once those guys start flipping their rejections not that they're always right but um so I, I yeah I I I think. Can we, can we yeah, talk about it? Seems let, like, let me, yeah. Real yeah. quick, hold, hold that thought. But yeah, like guys like and I know Republicans, people on our side, and I do have to mention this. And anytime I talk about this, I get pushback. But like we, a lot of guys on our side are like, the polls are always wrong. Look at 2016. It's like, yeah, man, some of the state polls were wrong in 2016. They weren't wrong in 2020. And guys like the Cook Political Report are pretty spot on. Like the last couple of cycles, they've been very, very close. So, like, I, I think you're right, and I I think you're kind of whistling past the graveyard as a Republican if you're just like, all polls are BS, don't believe it, it's all propaganda. I mean, certainly a lot, yeah, of, these polls, a lot of these outlier polls are propaganda. You know, like you have some of the ones that just show, you know, you know, the polls that show Tim Ryan up 12 points in Ohio. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like, Trump won Ohio by 12 points. Okay, there's no way there's a 24-point a, a shift in a state yeah. Towards the Democrats when Joe Biden is at 38 percent approval, like that's not possible. Like I do understand that those are that's you know rooted in propaganda. But it's like 538, you know, skews a little bit to the left, but they're pretty close. Cook report is it's been pretty solid the last couple cycles. So like, I yeah. encourage Republicans don't just repeat the old like, look at 2016, the polls were always wrong. That's just not that's just not the case. Right, and the national the national polls 2016. They were actually pretty spot on because national yeah. polls showed a tightening race leading up to the election. I think the issue with the state polls was the fact that there just wasn't a whole lot of them. Right. It, it, it's when, it's 2016. For I, I don't know why that was, but but as you as you said, like the, the polls were, weren't wrong in 2020. Um, and the thing about polls is that they're always garbage polls. So like you have to kind of take things in aggregate. Aggregate. And we take polls in aggregate that they tend to be pretty close to the mark. Um, so that's why people should, that's why, yeah. So the, the polls are, the polls citing Senate races that, that, that's, that's a good thing for Republicans. So just, I, I think, I, 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 I don't think it's a good strategy to always be cocky, you know, and just be like, oh, we got this. It's, you gotta have to always be, be playing from behind, even if you're not, because, because Democrats certainly, um, are, are going to go all out. So Republicans need, need, need to, too. Um, so it, it's just, it's always good to have the mentality that you're playing from behind. So that, so that way, you know, so that way you don't caught off guard. I think another, um, and we can end on this. Let me know what you think. But I, I, I do think that the Democrats are essentially, I mean, they, they could try to arrest Donald Trump, right? I guess that's like the one, Yeah. they can get some judge to, you know, to do what, like, I don't know. They can just manufacture propaganda and lies. And, and misdirections to try to like indict Trump for something, right? Whatever, you know, a ham, a ham sandwich. You know, it's like it doesn't doesn't matter. They can just 
lie and make up whatever and, and try to harass them that way. Maybe maybe that's like the last bullet they have in the chamber. But in terms of economics, and I'm not like happy about this. I mean, I'm my bank account is suffering because of Democrat rule, but it's like clearly there's nothing like the economy will not get better um, before November. I mean, that's just not physically possible. We are in the middle of a, re- of a recession. I don't see inflation um, easing up at all. Um, the Fed, yeah, I mean, the Fed's not going to, I mean, like the Fed would have to like announce tomorrow that they're raising, you know, they're, they're, they're jacking up interest rates by five or 10 points. You know what I mean? Not 0.75 right. at a point. It would have to be five. You know, they'd have to go immediately to double digits. Obviously there's no political will <laughs> for that within the Fed. Um, so it's like, that's not going to happen. I, I do think they're kind of, they kind of blew their load a little bit with this Mar-a-Lago raid. Like they really thought maybe that was like, they'd really be able to crush the Republicans with that. Or, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what they were thinking, but I think they are kind of out of options. I think these races are going to keep narrowing in our favor. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we can retake the Senate. Um, cause it, what, what, like what, what's Joe Biden going to do? I mean, he, he really thought that yesterday was going to be a big moment for him. He can take the, the, you know, the, uh, the attention off of bad economic policies and put it back on like guns or whatever. But it's not like gun control is anybody's top issue when inflation's in double digits. You know what I mean? That's that's ridiculous. So it's like, if that's the best he's got is to call us fascists, threaten to bomb us with the Air Force, and talk about black lifeguards in Philadelphia 75 years ago. Like, if that's the best he can do, yikes. You know what I mean? And Raphael Warnock yeah. and, and these guys should be, and John Fetterman and all these guys should be scared if that's the best the Democratic Party can put forward right now. Yeah, it, it does seem like since the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago that the polls have been tightening. And so I think that there is some political backlash to that. And I, 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 I think it's important to see—I think that what happens next with, the, with, with, with what the FBI did there and a follow-up happens is going to be very important to determining what happens electorally moving forward because— I mean, even with Trump don't want to be president, he still dominates the news. <laughs> so, um, and so it's, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's literally anyone's guess as to what happen, happens next, next with that, but it will, it will probably go a long way toward determining what happens in November. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be fun, man. Can you feel it in the yeah. air? Another election season here. <laughs> it's like, man, I feel, I'm, I haven't recovered yet from 2020. You know what I mean? Like, I could really go another couple years without an election. Like, I, I'm not looking forward to, like, every day waking up and having to write and, and <laughs> come up with podcast stuff based on the midterms, man. I mean, we're only, like, a month away from just constant polls being released every single day, every morning. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. My goodness, Aaron Bandler. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for doing this, my brother. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, read your stuff, follow you online, all that good stuff? Yeah, read me at uh, jewishjournal.com, Twitter handle at Bandler's Banter. Um, yeah, give me a follow, give my stuff a read. Uh, give the Jewish Journal a read. There's a lot of great content there. Absolutely. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um.